Today on the Take Back Your Damn Life podcast, we are talking about slowing down and putting joy at the top of your to-do list. Hey friend, and welcome to the Take Back Your Damn Life podcast, formerly the Growth Tribe podcast, a podcast where we're all about empowering you to take back your damn life on your terms. My name's Ellen, and I'm a former science researcher turned coach. So basically, I know exactly what it's like to feel like you're living a life that's not yours, because I've been there too. Hell, sometimes I still feel like I am. I'm constantly course correcting, learning about myself, and finding new insights and tips that have helped me take back my damn life and create a life I effing love. This podcast is a place for me to share those things with you. On this podcast, you're going to learn how to get clear, confident in who you are, and get consistent and productive AF so that you feel empowered to get out of your damn head and take back your life too. Think of it like productivity, but not just for your to-do list, for your life. So with that, let's get into this episode of the Take Back Your Damn Life podcast. Hey there, friend, and welcome the hell back to the Take Back Your Damn Life podcast, and I am freaking pumped today, because today we are doing something that I haven't done in almost exactly a year. Today, we have an interview on the podcast. I feel like y'all have dealt with a year of just my voice, and I pity you. Okay, I'm only half kidding when I say that, but in all seriousness, I'm just really, really excited to share today's interview and today's guest with you. Today, uh, we are featuring Ashley Looker. Ashley is a women's wellness and empowerment coach whose big goal is, you know, very near and dear to my heart. She is someone who teaches ambitious overachievers how to detach from productivity and approaching productivity as part of like your worthiness cycle and to start generating more joy in your life. And today she is going to talk all about how to slow down, how it helped her to do so, and how to put more joy at the top of your to-do list. So with that, let's get into this. Here is my interview with Ashley Looker. Ashley, it's so good to meet you. Welcome to the Take Back Your Damn Life podcast, which this is the first interview I've used that name with. I don't know if you know this. I rebranded at one point in time. Yes, you did. Yeah. Yes. So welcome. We're going to talk about taking back your damn life. Yeah, I am so excited to be here, Ellen. Like when I found your podcast, I was like, oh, man, I just love her energy. Like, I wonder if she takes guests. I would love to be on her show. Like just the whole premise of taking back your damn life. I just yes, 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 please. Yes, yes, yes. And we just found out we live really close to each other. So you, you're probably going to like see pictures of us on Instagram after this, friends. Well, exactly. after COVID goes away by COVID. Exactly. Anywho, <laughs> um, I am super excited to get to know you and hear what you've got to tell uh, all of us and share with all of us today. Um, so to just get the ball rolling, tell us a little bit yeah. about you, what you do, and kind of maybe even how you got into it. Yeah, yeah. So I am, I call myself a women's wellness and empowerment coach. So I, I've kind of shifted gears over the years. I've been a coach for about seven years and I, I started doing a lot of health coaching. I, I made my way to health coaching through my own, you know, like so many of us coaches do, mm-hmm. um, through my own struggles with health and body image and things like that. I was actually diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis at the age of 23. And so that kind of like, uh, yeah, just encouraged me to start looking for alternative therapies and ways to take care of myself. And 
quickly discovered that <laughs> I was not very healthy, even though I was thin and exercised and all of that mm-hmm. BS. Um, I, I wasn't very healthy. So that kind of started my my journey into coaching. And I was able to like, I mean, not completely heal myself, but mm-hmm. after really starting to learn more about health and holistic holistic health and alternative ways to take care of myself, I was like, oh my gosh, like I started feeling so much better and I was inspired to help other people do the same thing. And through that journey, a couple of the things I really discovered about myself is, you know, I'm a, I'm a perfectionist. I'm, I call myself a recovering perfectionist now, but definitely like, you know, a productivity junkie. I stay really busy. Um, I keep myself pretty distracted. Um, and, and one of the things that has really started to uncover itself over these years is that like so much of my worth has been wrapped up in my productivity. And so what I do now with, with my clients and the work that I do on myself daily is I help my clients kind of get out of that cycle of like productivity and doing, doing, doing and staying so busy and instead like putting our joy at the top of our to-do list, like really centering our lives around our joy versus like how much shit we can get done throughout Mm -hmm. the day. Like, I just feel like our lives are so are meant for so much more than that. Like there's mm-hmm. so much depth and beauty and and things to experience in our life than like, okay, like what's on the to-do list and how much shit can I get done? You know? So so that's kind of that's what in a nutshell, I guess, what I do um in my life and how I help my clients. That's awesome. That seriously And honestly, hearing your story, I don't know if you know this about mine. I actually got my start start in health coaching, too. Um, I got into Beachbody and did the whole NLM thing and fell in love with health and fitness, which led me to personal growth, which led me to clarity and values. And it wasn't that long ago where I realized, oh, my God, all of this crap comes together underneath the umbrella of burnout because I'm a productivity junkie too, as you probably know. Um, That's so awesome how there's so much overlap there. Oh my gosh. I know. Uh, I mean, I feel like we could probably, we probably have so many similar stories of burnout and overwhelm (laughs) and, 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 and. yeah. Yes. Yes. And I feel like what you said too, about like tying your worth to how much you can get done and putting the joy at the top, like, we need that. We so need that. Like even just, did you feel like when you were back in that state that it was just hard for you to take a day off even? Oh, complete. It still is. Ellen. <laughs> it still is like, back. this is, this is an ongoing practice for mm-hmm. me. You know, mm-hmm. like every single day, it takes a lot of effort to get out of that default. Like, okay, how much stuff can I get done? Because then it'll just like, hit that little button of like value and oh, I'm being useful and I'm being productive. And Mm -hmm. it's like, whoa, 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 Ash, like, Mm -hmm. no, like you're, you are valuable and enough just just being here. Like, you don't. there's nothing you have to prove or do that will make you more worthy than you already are right now. Mm-hmm. And even though like I can lodge, I logically understand that it's still like hard sometimes to <laughs> believe Oh my God. 
I I'm so glad you said that. I actually recorded a podcast not too long ago, which was basically like the cutesy shit isn't helping you right now because brains like ours, we can logic our way through. Well, of course I'm enough. Well, of course I can. You know, growth mindset, I think, is a great example of that. I can rationalize. Of course I can grow and learn and all of that. Like, why would I have gone to school for as long as I did if I didn't believe that I could grow? Yeah. But then when you really think about it, you're like, holy shit, no, I do have a fixed mindset on some level. That is my default. I can logic and rationalize the growth mindset and all of this other shit, like that I'm worthy and enough and that I don't have to justify or earn taking a break. But then you don't necessarily believe it on an yes. inner level. Oh, and I feel like, oh, can somebody just give us the answer to that, Ellen? Like <laughs> the answer to that dilemma. Like, <laughs> I wish, but similar as all of us achievers are, I feel like there's something different at the crux of it. Like, yeah, that's true. That's very true. I think we all have our own unique, unique way to, to heal from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So how did you then go about giving yourself that permission to make joy the top priority and to give yourself permission to slow down and stop just doing shit all the time? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) You're like loaded question. (laughs) It has been a process. Um, You know, of course, I had to completely burn out and feel resentful numerous times, not just like one big time where I was like meltdown on the floor. I mean, that happened several, several times Mm -hmm. (laughs) until I was finally like, okay, like something has to shift and change. And I would have to say that the the biggest shift for me came when I found yoga. But of course, Mm -hmm. like Ellen, I... I didn't find like the Zen yoga, like I found the like masculine Bikram yoga where you sweat Mm -hmm. your balls off, like in the hot room and like you force yourself to stay in there. Like, but, but I learned through that style of yoga, like how important it is, like how powerful it is to slow down and to Mm -hmm. be mindful. And like, I really started to notice like, oh my gosh, like there's so much more to my life than just like how many more things that I I can get done. Mm -hmm. And I really started to see like more depth, like just the more depth that was available to me that I wasn't allowing myself to experience. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so it was through that Bikram yoga, which I still love, by the way, Mm -hmm. like I'm not, I'm not talking schmack about Bikram (laughs) yoga because I I definitely love it. Um, But I decided, I was like, I'm going to do, I'm going to do a yoga teacher training. Like I really want to learn more about Mm -hmm. this because Lord knows I need it. Like I need more stillness. I need more time to slow down. I just knew intuitively that that's something that I needed. And I wasn't going to do it on my own (laughs) too. I wasn't, I, I didn't have the capacity and the will to, to slow down on my own. Like I needed somebody to walk me through that process. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so I put myself into yoga teacher training and, and my whole entire world changed, Ellen, really my whole entire world and how I, um, how I had been living all along, like really shifted for me. I was mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, again, there's just so much more to life than just all these external things. Like, yeah. I feel like I had a similar shift when I 
really started mine was a little bit different but it was a it was a stillness it was a slowing down and for me it was in about October 2017 I started doing the miracle morning in the morning which I don't do it anymore I've kind of tweaked it but like it was the first time I'd ever been disciplined about meditation it was the first time I'd ever like protected my morning with my life to give myself that space in my day And all of a sudden, you know, I went from being this person who literally was just like, I have zero intuition. My mom is my intuition because she always calls shit out before I even realize what's happening. Um, But like I went from that person to realizing that if I just quieted down my world for a little time each day, holy shit, I did have an intuition. Yeah. And the intuition got louder the more I quieted my world down. And I did it through meditation mm-hmm. and journaling and sitting and reading, um, just giving yeah. myself some quiet in my day. And which is so hard for us overachievers <laughs> and high achievers to do. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, I don't know about you, Ellen, but like I never saw, I never saw that as productive, like meditation or, you know, going outside for a walk. I'm just like, screw that. Like, I don't have time for that. Like, that's not productive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to get shit done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And so it it never found its way onto my to-do list. It never found its way into my life until I was absolutely forced to, mm-hmm. until I was like, okay, this is how I am living my life is just not working. Mm-hmm. It's broken. Yeah. Broken. It is yeah. broken. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, and I just, one of the things that was just so powerful and, and I, you, I think you hit the nail on the head too, by like really scheduling it in like mm-hmm. to this day, Ellen, like I, I, at one o'clock today, my phone will go off and it'll say mindfulness check-in. And, and I will, I will just sit down, like if I can, you know, it depends on what I'm, what I'm doing in my day. But if at that point I can, I'm just like, okay, what's going on? Like, how am I mentally feeling? How am I physically feeling? And I just do a quick check-in. I just, I need that built-in break to just really slow down and check in on myself because our minds and our bodies are giving us so much information. And like you said, with the intuition, mm-hmm. our intuition is constantly trying to talk to us. But if we don't slow down enough mm-hmm. to listen, it's just, you know, we, we never, we never notice it. We never see it. Yeah. We never feel it. I freaking love that. And I love how tangible that is. Cause that's actually one of my goals for this quarter is yeah to build more mindfulness into my life. I feel like I've got the morning routine down. I've slacked a little bit with like how mindful that's been, but I want to learn more about mindfulness. Like I have a plan to like read, like um, I'm actually reading think like a monk right now by Jay Shetty. Let me know how it is. Yeah. I'm like three chapters in and it's amazing. Like I have a client who a lot of it overlaps with some of the conversations we've been having. And I like ping her every morning and I'm like, I just read this and it made me think of you. Um, I love it so far, but like, I want to read stuff like that. And I want to try to find more ways to incorporate mindfulness into my life. And I love that. I'm stealing that mindfulness check-in thing. Steal it. Please do. Thousand percent. (laughs) Yeah. And I love that you said schedule it too. Like it's unsexy guys. I guess I get talking about scheduling is super unsexy. I understand, but you are a high achieving human. So when the fuck else is that going to find its way into your life? 
<laughs> yes, exactly. And again, like left to my own free will and knowing how I operate, knowing that like, I, it's easy for me to be like, no, I'm mm-hmm. good. Like, this isn't going to be helpful. Like, mm-hmm to really make sure that it is in my calendar. Cause if it's in my calendar, I, I'm going to do it because mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> that's how my perfectionist ass works. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. A thousand yeah. percent, a thousand percent. Oh, I love that. Um, yeah. And I think we've kind of touched on a few different ways in which people can slow down. Um, but the, I want to touch on that intuitive part a little bit more because like I mentioned, and like I mentioned the email to you, I used to not consider myself to be an intuitive person And I had to start flexing these muscles and I realized how beneficial it was to me to kind of tap into that side of me. So do you have some like tangible ways that people could go about connecting with their intuition? Yes. So this, this for me, oh, okay. For me, my intuition is directly connected to my joy. And here, here's what I have to say about that. This is all about quieting the noise. Mm -hmm. This is all about quieting the mind trash (laughs) that we, that we tell ourselves that like our productivity equals our worth. This is about quieting the external noise, you know, like, and especially as an, as an overachiever myself, as a high achiever, I'm constantly like, I love reading. I love gathering information. I love like all the gurus that I follow and I love taking courses and that's all fine and dandy. But when we're consuming so much, when we're taking it, when we're listening so much to these outside and external sources, it is damn near impossible to hear our own intuition. Mm-hmm. So for me, this has looked like daily journaling. I, I know you had said that you're you're a journaler too. Love journaling. Love yes, it. yes. So literally, just re- opening up your journal and just writing down whatever is coming up for you, good, bad, or indifferent. Like, get out those thoughts. One of my coaches always told me, like, your mind is not a storage facility, and I always try to remember that because it's like. We're, we're not meant to store all this information. Mm-hmm. We're meant to process it and let it go. Mm-hmm. And the more we, we, you know, clear out that, you know, some of it's mind trash, some of it is useful, mm-hmm. but the more we clear that out and eliminate those external sources, the more we're apt to and able to connect to our own voice and our own intuition. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing, that's where those, your answers, all the information, all the things that you need, your joy, happiness, that is all within you. And you can connect to that through, you know, getting out that, you know, journal and writing some things down. That's, that's probably the first tip. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I know we hear this all the time, but holy moly, it is so true and so helpful is just like limiting your time on social media or whatever external source it is for you that Mm -hmm. you like to like consume and gobble up, you know, limiting and just becoming aware of like, okay, how much am I taking in, you Mm -hmm. know, and how much am I consuming from other people Um, and limiting that as much as possible? Because again, that's going to override that intuition as we know. Like our intuition is is a whisper. And if we're constantly yeah. busy, if we're constantly doing and, and doing and doing and doing, 
we just will not hear our intuition. We just mm-hmm. won't because it is, it is so quiet. It is so quiet, you know, especially if we're first starting to create a relationship with it. Um, it, It's essential to to quite turn down the knob is what one of my friends likes to call Mm -hmm. it. Like turn down the knob of that external noise and turn up, turn up the, the internal voice. Mm -hmm. Um, And And you can only do that by getting quiet. I actually, that reminded me of a conversation I had last year, which guys, I'll link this in the show notes um, with my friend Elena. She actually interviewed me for her community about like practical mindfulness, because that's kind of how you and I approach it is it's the very practical side of mindfulness Mm -hmm. and why we need it. And yeah, there was something that I think her name's Marissa Pierce had said in a video that I watched on Mind Valley akin to mindfulness um, and meditation practices, they turn up the volume on your intuitive voice. Otherwise, if you don't give yourself that space, your intuitive voice whispers. Whereas like that logical voice that all of us achievers have, that yells and it drowns (laughs) out everything else. And the only way you can turn up the volume on the intuitive voice is to learn to quiet the other things. And we do that through mindfulness and meditation. Exactly. Exactly. And <laughs> it's a little painful at times. Oh, like, yeah. right? Like, so <laughs> I just want to throw that in there because, uh, yeah, that was an expectation I had when I was like, oh, like mindfulness is just going to be so great. And I'm going to be mm-hmm. so like zen and calm and peaceful. Mm-hmm. But it, it's a process, just like mm-hmm. many other things that we're trying to you know, grow and evolve and learn. So mm-hmm. yeah, but it is so worth it. Right, mm-hmm. Ellen? Like yes. it is so, so worth it. Like, look, look how far you have been able to come, like not even thinking you had an intuition or had access to your intuition to, oh my gosh, like now mm-hmm. it's like louder. It's the loudest it's ever been. Mm-hmm. That's so freaking cool. Yeah. Anytime you can, like we were talking about at the beginning, like before we even pushed record, like just being able to say like, eh, no, this doesn't feel good in my business or in my life. So I'm not going to do it anytime. And I feel like some of us don't give credit to that. That is intuition, guys. Yes. Like anytime you have something going, eh, this isn't right for me. This doesn't feel good in my life. This isn't sending me in the direction I know I ultimately want to go. That is freaking intuition. Yes. Those feelings. You're exactly right. Feel like, the feels. <laughs> yeah. No, those, and I often talk about this with my clients too, like those feelings come up for a reason. They might not be enjoyable, right? Mm-hmm. They might feel crunchy. They might feel uncomfortable, but those, those are messages. That mm-hmm. is your intuition leading you, giving you information of like what feels right and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like that is some honest truth right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a nudge, like your intuitive voice is never going to yell. It's never going to be as loud as that other part of your brain. That's just not how intuition works. But it's kind of like the, you know, that like old TV commercial with the little kid, like, I'm not touching you. I kind yeah. of, I kind of think that intuition's like that. <laughs> it's like that it. irritating little brother who's like sitting there with his finger pointing right at you, but not touching you, but you know, he's there. That's intuition. It's nudging you. That I love that analogy. Thank you, Ellen, for that. That's amazing. I'm gonna remember that. (laughs) 
You're welcome. You're welcome. I've never <laughs> used that before. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's amazing. Yes. <laughs> I had two insights too while you were talking about all of that of things that like you probably see me over here. And if you guys heard me typing on the keyboards, because I'm taking notes. Um, you just said a couple things in there that made me think of things that I wanted to start doing for myself because I am a big content consumer. I love Instagram, maybe a little bit too much, but I like just genuinely have a lot of fun on Instagram, but I definitely also know that that makes it so that I don't have enough of a break from social Mm -hmm. media in my life. So I follow a woman on social media who started doing something she calls silent Sundays where she just doesn't show up anywhere. It's very much about herself and her family and not showing up on social media. It's showing up for herself and her relationships. And I love that. And that's something I think I want to start doing. And then the other thing I thought of, which is another big source of content consumption for me, I'm a big reader. I read every single morning. And I had a nudge, an intuitive nudge while you were talking (laughs) (laughs) that maybe there is a place in my life as much as I love reading and learning where I need to almost like schedule a hiatus from reading and consuming Mm. content and use all the time I would use for reading to meditate a little bit longer or to journal a little bit more. (gasps) See, I feel like that is, and I'm the same way. Like I, I totally love like reading and, but this is, this is what I, I have to ask myself too is like, okay, Ashley, why? Like, why, why do you want to read this book? Mm-hmm. Do you want to read this book because you feel like a part of yourself is broken or not good enough, or you have to fix this problem in order to get to that next level of success? Like, why? why? Just mm-hmm. asking and inquiring, like, why do you want, why do you want to take that course? Are you taking that course because you feel like you're not an effective coach already? Do you want to take this? Do you want to read this book because something is broken in your life, you Mm -hmm. know? And so just really inquiring about the intention behind what you're consuming, Mm -hmm. I think can just open up so many insights and ahas. (laughs) Uh. Because, you know, for me, a lot of it is like just distrusting my own intuition and distrusting my own wisdom because we're taught not we're taught not to mm-hmm. we're taught to consume we're taught to you know hustle and accomplish and do you know mm-hmm. so it's a hard nut to crack but yeah yeah i i'm like over here nodding like a bobblehead because i had a conversation <laughs> like this with my coach on tuesday about how i realized in my business which for you business owners out there, listen to this. This is some sage, been there, done that, kind of fucked it up <laughs> wisdom for you. Um, I The investments I made into my business for the first two years, which full transparency put me in some credit card debt, mm-hmm. um, those were made because I was looking to someone else to tell me how to run my business. I wanted how to. I wanted answers to mm-hmm. the questions that, I didn't want to put the work into digging into. So I invested all of this money to get the answers from someone else. And guess what? Their answers were either crap and didn't work for me. Or when I tried to actually execute on those answers, it didn't feel good. 
Mm-hmm. It didn't feel good to run my business the way they told me to. It didn't feel good to be productive or launch or any of the shit the way they said to. Mm-hmm. In anything in your life, whether you're talking about a business or you're talking about how you achieve your goals or anything like that, it has to be done in the way that feels good to you or you're not going to want to show up and do it. Can we get that tattooed somewhere on our bodies? Because that yeah. is like, <laughs> that, like it is. Yes. Yes. But we're, we're, we're desperate to like succeed and make money because we mm-hmm. think it's the thing to do. And, mm-hmm. and that is that right in and of itself, Ellen, mm-hmm. is why I teach my clients to follow their joy first Mm -hmm. and foremost because if you are in your joy if you're doing what feels good for you and your life Mm -hmm. and your body and what you want Mm -hmm. there is not a doubt in my mind that you will accomplish those those goals and you will get to where you want to go like I'm just not willing to subscribe to the belief anymore that it has to be hard and that we have to Mm -hmm. follow this certain formula Mm -hmm. and that's not to say that like strategy and, and, and things that those aren't um, useful, you know, but yeah, I just, I really believe in what, exactly what you're saying that it has to feel good. Yeah. Well, and I do also want to say what something regarding what you just said there of like, I, you don't believe it has to be hard. And I agree with you, but I want to circle back to what you said before about something like it might be painful like building up that intuitive voice. Let's make a distinction right now between something being hard and something being uncomfortable because Ooh. I hate the messaging in the space space of like, yeah, it has to feel good. But sometimes a lot of people can use that as code for easy. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like it, it, it doesn't mean that it, it's not going to be uncomfortable at times. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you want to grow and evolve, like chances are you're going to have to step outside of your comfort zone. You're going to have to take mm-hmm. some risks, like, mm-hmm. you know, but like, I think where the distinction is for me is I is listening more to what, to my own path, mm-hmm. to my own flow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What does that look like or mean for you, Ellen? Like, this distinction. I I think I think it kind of comes back to what you were just saying a second ago about what's the intention. It's yeah. kind of the same thing in essence here of really like this involves an incredible amount of self-awareness. But when you get yeah. to that point where you're trying to decide, okay, should I stay on this path and realize that what I'm facing right now is just uncomfortable, or should I change paths because this obviously doesn't feel good? Answering that question requires a massive amount of self-awareness. And it's not necessarily a what's the intention here. It's what's the truth of what I'm feeling. Am I scared because it's challenging me? Or is this my intuition telling me that this is wrong for me? Yeah. And I can't answer that for anybody. I can only answer that for myself. I think that is such a powerful question and distinction. Like, yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I love that. And I think just the simplicity of follow your joy. Like you talked about the science of happiness. Like how does that kind of loop into this whole notion of follow joy? Yeah. That, so, 
yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to definitely loop back around to what, what we've already <laughs> been talking about. Cause what the science of happiness basically says is that once all of your like basic survival needs are met, the way in which we access and feel our joy and happiness is already within us. Mm-hmm. Like the, the joy that we seek the joy that we want, the joy that we desire does not exist outside of ourselves. It, it just simply doesn't. Can we experience um, happiness through, you know, achieving things? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, so let's say you want to move and you want to buy a house by the water and like you achieve that thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And you feel really happy. Like you're stoked about it, right? You're like, yes, I've got the, got the house by the water and it just feels so good. Well, the thing about this type of happiness, the I am happy because happiness mm-hmm. is it wears off, you know, like eventually, cause I felt this way about like my house, like where I'm living right now. I was like, Oh, it's so awesome. I love it. And we've been here for a couple of years and I was like, yeah, it brings me, it, it, I'm happy, but it, like, I wasn't at that level of like when I first accomplished it. Right. Mm-hmm. But so many of us are hooked in to the idea that that thing is, is the answer to mm-hmm. my unhappiness, but that is just simply not true. Like your answer to unhappiness does not exist outside of your yourself. Mm-hmm. It is cultivated and generated from the inside out, period. Like mm-hmm. our joy, the sustainable joy that we all want, mm-hmm. that we all desire is within our spiritual DNA. It is who we are. And yet so many of us believe and chase and think that it exists outside of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And this is not to say that like, oh my gosh, go after, like if you want the Ferrari in the garage or if you want the, the $200,000 a year, like, yeah, go for it. Right. Mm-hmm. But don't depend on that thing to bring you lasting joy because mm-hmm. it's not, it just simply will not do that. Mm-hmm. And so there's been a lot of research around happiness that, you know, there are things that we can do on a daily basis that bring us joy. Mm-hmm. And, and that is how we cultivate the happiness that I think we all want that isn't dependent on what's going on around us. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of those ways are like, of course, I, I feel people roll their eyes when I say this, but <laughs> it's just so true. Like gratitude. There is yeah. so much, there is, it is scientifically proven, you guys, it is scientifically proven that gratitude increases our joy, no matter what is going on around us. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you go from zero to a hundred, mm-hmm. right? But a notch, a 1%, right? Mm-hmm. So gratitude, setting an intention, those mindfulness, presence, joy does not exist outside of the present moment. Mm-hmm. That That is another thing. Like joy, joy is now. If you want to feel joy, if you want to access joy, you're going to do it now. Mm-hmm. Like, and for again, so many of us were like, oh, it's out there, like, oh, dreaming, wishing, hoping, right? Um, reaching out there for it in the future. That's not where joy exists. 
Mm-hmm. And then some of us, like we reminisce and we get all nostalgic about the past. That's not where joy exists. Mm-hmm. Joy exists right now in this moment. That is where we can access it. Um, so yeah, like being present, being mindful, savoring, savoring. That's another thing. Um, so gratitude and being able to like, like right now, you guys can't see me, but I have like this delicious cup of coffee. Like just being able to savor, yes. Like, what does your mug say? I'm curious. <laughs> Wake up, kick butt, repeat. <laughs> Mine says homebody. Yeah, right. Yeah. Ain't that the truth right now? As um, I sit here in my sweatshirt. Like literally guys, you would laugh at me if you saw this video. I have this massive oversized white sweatshirt on and I just got out of the shower like right before we started doing this interview. Oh, the simple simple pleasures of COVID. Like, honestly, but like, I actually feel like that might be like silly as it is. A great example of joy in the moment is the hot cup of coffee in your hands. Yes. And just feeling that that's literally like I feel like I drink hot drinks all day but it's Mm -hmm. because having that hot cup in my hand yes and just feeling the heat go through the cup and Mm -hmm. into my hands and then it literally just feels like in a silly way that it does warm my soul it is a simple pleasure exactly exactly and this this is that's the power of joy Mm -hmm. that's what's so cool about joy is that it is the simple moments. It is the simple things that can, for what they just bring us this immense joy. And you're like, what? It's a cup of coffee, you know, mm-hmm. or like the reason why we can be surprised by joy when we feel like crap, you know, we're having a crappy day, but you know, like you, you cozy up on the couch and you just can really feel like the, the warmth of the blanket and you can just find joy in that moment, even though it's a shit day, you mm-hmm. know? So joy is always there. It's always within us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, you know, we don't always find the time or the awareness yeah. or the mindfulness to access it. Love yeah. it. Love it. I don't know if you know <laughs> this, but my, um, my journal that I created recently, I created it <sighs> partially out of laziness because I got sick of writing down I am grateful for in a blank journal every morning which is so dumb but I don't care Um, so I created this journal and you talked about intention setting and you talked about gratitudes there are five questions that repeat throughout the journal and the idea is like you sit down with your cup of coffee in the morning and you fill out this journal and the questions are what is my intention for the day what am I prioritizing today to appeal to that part of our brain that's still an achiever? Absolutely. Um, what am I excited about today? Who needs me at my best today? And what am I grateful for today? Wow. Yeah. That's it. See, and we underestimate the power of those things. Mm-hmm. You know, we underestimate just how powerful those things are, but like, mm-hmm audience can take one thing away today like that that would be it like those little things can make the biggest difference in our lives like it doesn't because we're overachievers and we think it has to be big it doesn't have to be big it's not that's the secret it doesn't have to be big Um, yeah and anytime I feel like I'm like hyper aware of like really crappity crap crappity crappity um really I love it crappy marketing hacks that promise to take your life from zero to a hundred after doing this one thing. Yeah. That's a crock. 
That never works. What takes your life from a zero to a hundred is getting that 1% improvement Mm -hmm. every single day. And that comes through small things. Yeah. And I, and that's what I tell my clients too. I'm like, listen, it sounds like counterproductive or it just sounds like what the hell, but joy Mm -hmm. takes practice. Like joy takes effort. You know, when you're rewiring your brain to experience joy, like there's practice involved with that. There, mm-hmm. there needs to be some like effort that happens. Yeah. Diligence, and discipline. Exactly. Yeah. So even though you're like, oh, joy should be like easy and stuff. It's not mm-hmm. always easy, like right off the bat, especially when we're, we're rewiring our brain for, for joy. We're in the middle so. of a pandemic where we're all just like over it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ella. <laughs> <laughs> Real talk, my friends. Real yes. talk. Uh, so good I feel like there's the title of this podcast is going to be something along the lines of like small joyful action or something like that I do feel like that is such a massive takeaway from this and there's one more thing that I know I want to get to because when I saw this in your initial outreach I was just like oh yes I want to talk about that you said something about the three most common ways we stand in the way of living our best life and how we can overcome them what are those three things I know. I was like, did I really only say three? Like I was on the walk today and I was like, oh gosh, there are so many ways. Like crap, I have to distill it down to three. There, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, especially for me, I'm like, oh yeah, I come up with all kinds of creative ways to stand <laughs> in my own way. Um, I would say, especially for us high achievers, one of the biggest ways we stand, <laughs> we stand in our way of living our best lives is um, just literally not putting joy on our list, like just mm-hmm. not making time for not scheduling it in. And when I say not making time for our joy, I'm not saying the things that you find fun. When I say making time for your joy, what I mean is literally the only reason for doing this one thing is simply to feel joy. Mm-hmm. Like the only reason that you're doing this thing that's on your schedule is because it brings you so much fucking joy. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. So that, that I think is one of the things that many of us don't do because again, we don't see it as productive. We see it as like so indulgent and we might feel guilty about it, but like joy doesn't need a reason. Mm-hmm. Joy. To, so whatever it is for you that like literally makes you just light up and brings you so much joy and you only do it because like you just get so much pleasure from it. Like mm-hmm. that needs to go on your list. Like literally put it in your schedule. I don't care if you're like, I don't have time for it, but for like a month from now, do it, mm-hmm. do it, make time for it. So make it tangible, make time for your joy if you're living in your joy, like, is that not the most amazing life? <laughs> like, if you're just feeling joyful, like I want more people to feel joyful more often. Yeah. The money, the productivity isn't going to matter nearly as much if you've got that. And you're like, wow, I just feel good. Yes. I feel really, really good. Yes. Yes, exactly. And the other thing is what we already talked about too, is like just unhooking from from the chase and thinking and believing that that happiness exists outside of ourselves and turning it back onto ourselves and stepping into our power like 
I, we are so powerful. Mm -hmm. We are such powerful human beings. Like just take back your power and trust yourself in moving forward with your joy. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, that's a little bit repetitive, but I, I feel okay. like it, it bears like <laughs> saying it yeah. again because us overachievers need to need to hear it numerous times. But the last thing that that I would have to say that where we stand in our way is not being authentic. So one of my teachers told, I know I did the same thing. I was like, barf, I do not want to do. Oh, that. no, that wasn't a barf reaction. That was like, no, I know. Well, when I, I first, yeah, like when I first was like, well, I named my business unique holistic happiness for a reason. Like authenticity is just like so important. Mm-hmm. But like when we put on a mask to show up, to be likable, to please other people, when we, you know, put things in our calendar because we think we should be doing those things, like when, when we're not following what really brings us joy, when we're being inauthentic in one way or another, it is nearly impossible to be happy. Mm -hmm. Like if I was to show up here today, Ellen, and I was like, well, okay, well, I should probably like, you know, I, Ellen is like so high energy. So I, I need to be high energy. Like I should be high energy. So now I'm going to be high energy. But what if I'm not high energy? Mm-hmm. Like that is, that's so exhausting, mm-hmm. right? So like just choosing to show up as who you are in your messy imperfection, allowing yourself to do that you will access your, your joy so much easier. Like, mm-hmm. so who the one, the way you, you can do this is like, who am I and what do I want? Mm-hmm. Like, who am I and what do I want? Mm-hmm. Allow yourself to fully step into those things. Like we don't need to have it all and be it all to be happy. Mm-hmm. Period. All you have to do is be who the fuck you are, like mm-hmm. be who you are fully and you will be able to access your joy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, those are <laughs> just a few pretty tall orders, actually. But, yeah, but, but so I powerful. feel like, yeah, it is so powerful, especially that last one that you say. And I, you know, hearing you say, who am I and what do I want? Like, those are big questions. And those are they big are. questions that I've literally spent months working with clients around the simple notion of identity. What is identity? What do I value? What's my intention and the reason why I show up day in and day out? Like that's not an easy question to answer, but we can always loop back to the stuff that we talked about earlier. Um, If you're ever unsure of who you are, what feels good? That person that asks you, to like, I even had a student who was talking to me about this the other day of feeling like she had to go out all the time with her friends. Like, oh, they're hanging out. I need to go. And I'm like, but do you like, do you think these people are going to like you any less if you're like, hey, I'm exhausted. I'm just going to stay at home tonight. That's a perfect example, Ellen. That doesn't feel good to go. Don't go. Yeah. If it doesn't feel good, to like take my I laughed at myself when I did my branding photo shoot I was in my same teal yoga pants for at least half of my branding photo shoot I didn't put on real pants until (laughs) hours (laughs) into that photo shoot yeah 
I've been told that I shouldn't swear on because I, you know, find some people on LinkedIn. I've been told I shouldn't swear on LinkedIn. I'm like, but I'm a sweary person. That's what you get when you work with me. And what, you know, when we, it's just, when we temper ourselves, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like when we, when we refuse to show up as who we are and we temper ourselves and we, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, we refuse to show this part of ourselves because, Mm -hmm. you know, we think that it'll make this person uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. Who gosh. gives a fuck if you make that person uncomfortable? I'm just going to ask the question. Exactly. It exactly. Who gives a fuck? Mhm. It's not it's not your job to make other people feel comfortable. And that's not your person anyway. If they're mm-hmm. going to exactly. truly be uncomfortable when you're just being yourself, it's not your person anyway. Yep. I love yeah. conversations about authenticity. And I think, you know, we talked about the like do what feels good. The other thing And y'all know this is like my least favorite word in the human language, in all languages, like literally in the human language, should. You catch yourself (gasps) saying should? Red freaking flag. Red flag. That is probably not you being authentic if it's coming from a place of should. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's definitely not your intuition. Mm -hmm. We know that. It's coming from an external source or Mm -hmm. expectation or standard. Exactly. Yeah. Oof. Oh my gosh. I'm like, yeah, this we got so sassy there for a second. <laughs> I love it though. <laughs> okay. I think we got a lot of really, really good stuff. A lot of like, you know, very tangible things, but also like get real deep, getting into the yeah. nitty gritty. And I like it. Right. I like it. So I've got a couple of wrap up questions. Don't worry. They're very yeah. easy. Um, that I like to ask people one that's a little tweaked from the last time I did an interview. Cause the last time I did an interview, this was called the growth tribe podcast. So we had to tweak this question a little bit. Yeah. What does it mean for you to take back your damn life? Like, what does that mean? I'm sorry if you can hear my dog barking in the background it's right okay. now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean for me to take back my damn life? Just oh, that general. is, yeah, that is such a good question Ellen I I think it literally just goes back to exactly what we were just talking about Mm -hmm. is stepping fully into who I am and all my imperfect messy glory Mm -hmm. and apologizing being like unapologetic Mm -hmm. about my bigness Mm -hmm. and like being willing to take up space and show up fully even if I fail, even if I fall on my freaking face, even if people don't like you, even if people don't like me, oh, like, yeah. yeah, all of those things. That's, that is what taking back my damn life and living my best life looks mm-hmm. and feels like, like a thousand percent. Doing a round of applause <laughs> here in our video. Beautiful. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I kind of thought we were going to yeah. end up going in that direction, especially knowing that we came from talking about authenticity. Um, yeah. So then the other question I've got, because I obviously am a big reader and yeah. you should read, totally read Think Like a Monk because okay. so much of what I've read in it so far, I kept thinking of it as we were talking today. I really, yeah. really think you'd enjoy it. But what okay. other resources would you recommend like books, TED Talks, online courses or anything like that, that you take that people could go and access? Yeah. Okay. So two, two books come to mind. Cause I'm, I love reading as well. Um, so the gifts of imperfection, which I have a feeling you probably read. 
I've read everything that woman has ever written. <laughs> right. Like, so that I read that. So when I think pretty much when it first came out and it just changed, it changed my life. It mm-hmm. changed my life. So there's that. And then the other book that completely has changed my life is it's called the great work of your life by Stephen Cope. And it's all about, um, connecting deeper with your purpose. Ooh. It is incredible. Ellen, I think you would really love it. Yeah. I've never yeah, I have heard it, of that one. I have it right here. Cause I'm like, it doesn't, it never goes very far. Yeah. The great work of your life, a guide for the journey to your true calling. And so in this book, he, he, um, he interviews like quote unquote ordinary people like us mm-hmm. who have like, who are actively living their purpose. Mm-hmm. And then he, um, I don't know what the word is, but he researches and studies like famous people who have, are, have lived their purpose, like Jane Goodall and Walt Whitman and, and people who clearly like were just in their purpose, living their most purposeful life. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's really interesting to like learn um, how these people were able to fully go all in on their mm-hmm. life purpose and what that looked like for them, for like the, the ordinary people out here like me and, and the like famous people, you know, I so it's a that you will love this book. Yeah. That's like a case study, which I'm all about scientist brain. You will love it. Oh. Um, okay. Can I say one more? Yeah. The, the body is not an apology by Sonia Renee Taylor. The power of radical self-love. This is another one that will blow your mind. It's short, it, but it is meaty. Ooh, yeah. cool. So, Jordan, there you go. I can get on board with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Those are two that I've never heard of before that I'm stoked to dig into. Oh. I got to hit my, I read 50 books in a year. That's always my goal. Um, and I'm a little behind this year, so I'm excited to dig in. Well, there's two more. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. And so then last but not least is where can people find you online? If they loved you, if they got so much out of this, where can they find you? Oh, Thank you so much, Ellen, for just, this has been such a fun conversation. Um, so you guys can track me down over at uniqueholistichappiness.com. That's my website. And then literally the only platform that I use is Instagram in terms of social media. So I'm over there at Ashley Looker. So yeah, come hang out with me over there. Connect. Yeah. Beautiful. And yeah, per usual, guys, all the links, all the books we talked about, links to Ashley's website. All that jazz is going to be show notes. Coach Ellen, again, E-L-L-Y-N. Y'all should know how to spell my name by now, but coachellen.com <laughs> slash podcast. You can find all the things you need there. So, um, Ashley, this was wonderful. I'm so glad we put this on the books. I thought I'd be rusty with interviewing, but this actually went super, super well. Um, and we're going to meet up in real life. Yes. IRL. We're going to meet yes. up. thank you so much Ashley it was wonderful to have you thank you but before you go one last thing if you enjoyed the hell out of this episode there's a couple things you could do podcasts grow and thrive because of you the listener you help me and my guests spread this message of taking back your damn life and so I would appreciate it if you would share this episode maybe you have a friend that you think absolutely would love it 
You could also rate the podcast, submit a review, or just share a screenshot on your Instagram story so that I can shout you out and send you a huge thank you. Otherwise, that's really it for now. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, friend, go take back your damn life.